0: That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real Moms of Bravo. Bravo. Real Moms of
1: Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo.
2: There is a lot of uh, on-air and off-air stuff to dive into. So a little programming note. We are going to cover Potomac and Atlanta in and this week's recap, Because of the holidays, we will not get to OC and Salt Lake City. I'm sure OC will suck. Salt Lake City will be amazing, and we'll probably talk about it on our stories. Uh, But we are going to focus on these two. And then if you're wondering what's going on with Erica Jane, we are covering that in this week's Patreon episode. So join our Patreon, and you will get a timeline, a rundown, and understand all the craziness. Uh, But there's a lot of craziness happening on camera in Potomac. This binder, this reunion, I mean, we're going to have a 90-minute part three Personally, I wanted four parts, and I'm not a fan of long reunions. I'm loving this reunion.
1: If you've been listening for a while, you know Abby's hot take on a part four reunion and a to be continued. So the fact that she's even saying this is very (laughs) important and (laughs) goes to show how amazing the reunion is. The binder, I will say, or thirst book, I want more of the binder. I want to know exactly what's in all the little tabs. Like I want that to be an experience at BravoCon 2021 where the pages are laminated. Well, they already are laminated, but where we can like flip through and read everything.
2: And they can act out the things that we don't know. I think he's going to ask for it to be part of the clubhouse. I just can't imagine that not going in the clubhouse. Oh, absolutely. a replica. But yeah, so the Thirst book is what uh, Candace and Wendy are calling it. And calling it that, honestly, I was rolling on the floor laughing like – I laughed audibly. I, really, I loved that. I don't know why, but that just got me. And, you know, like you said, we didn't talk about it a ton in this part of the reunion, which was okay. We know it's there. So it's like, it's coming. We know there's more, but I kind of liked that this one was started a little bit lighter in a way and talked a little bit about Ashley being a new mom. And I thought it was really refreshing to see that every single woman said, yes, they struggled postpartum and they were not Afraid to say it, they didn't feel shamed by it. It's like, it was just so nice to see every woman who's been a mother say, Yep, I've gone through this and it's okay.
1: A thousand percent. And I, in moments like that, is when I wish there was a mom who was a host and not Andy, because I just feel like it's so important to talk about. And it, although the women hit on it and it is a Bravo show, I just feel like any sort of normalcy that they can give motherhood, mothers especially, is fabulous and great. So, and I like that the women gave her the advice that six months is when things start to feel a little bit no- more normal. And I totally agree with that based on my experience. I feel like six months is where you're like, okay, I kind of feel like myself. You're either finished breastfeeding or pumping, whatever you may be doing, or you may still be doing it, but your baby hopefully at that point will be sleeping through the night. If not, thoughts and prayers, but it's, it's just kind of like, I felt like that was really great advice. And then when they kind of went into Ashley's story, I didn't realize that Ashley had her own indiscretions and that's why she was so calm about everything with Michael
2: so she brought that up to the women at the barn at that party, but it was so overshadowed by everything else that happened. But she said, I'm not innocent either. And she didn't really say what that meant, but I got the feeling that she maybe hadn't been faithful, but she went into more detail about it. We didn't know when when this indiscretion happened, and it happened while they were separated, when they weren't living uh, in the condo. And, I, and she also kind of alluded to the fact that if they both found someone attractive, that they would invite that person into the bedroom probably into a hotel room not their actual bedroom but i got the feeling that they had a lot of threesomes she said always with women i feel like she's being very careful to make sure that there's no implication of michael being remotely attracted to men even though we all know he probably is
1: oh a thousand percent and then Andy, I'm kind of glad he pressed on this. Andy is getting, side note, a lot of heat on this reunion, and I'm curious to get your take on this. But he's getting a lot, a lot of heat in terms of people not being um, happy with him in this reunion. The internet has spoken in that sense. But when it comes to Ashley and Michael Darby, he did press on her and Michael having a sleepover. And she seemed confident in her response that they did not have sex. And he pressed on it, which I appreciated. What did your what was your take on that?
2: Yeah, I love that he said they slept over and nothing happened. And he kind of looked at her like, you don't even believe that. I don't believe it. None of us here believe it. She's going to stick with the story. Um, I, I mean, none of us believe this. I If they didn't have sex, it's not because he didn't want it. It's because he was either too drunk or other things. I don't know. But it was not just an innocent sleepover. And I, I, so I was not upset with Andy in this. I actually thought he did a really good job of pressing at times and kind of like sitting back and letting the women kind of not press on each other, but kind of put put out there their thoughts when it came to other people's you know issues on the show. But from there, though, he pivots really quickly into the butt grabbing, and I really appreciated that. I, I was like, we better touch about the butt grabbing because there's footage of it. You can't deny it. But she did.
1: And Ashley, like we say time and time again, Ashley could run a course a lesson on how to deal with housewife crisis matters I'm using quotations here but she like answers things and she manages to like take the heat off of it like immediately and quickly to where it's like not even a big deal which is mind boggling to me because had this been in any franchise and you listening no I'm going to say Beverly Hills you know this would be there would be another 30 minutes spent on oh, yeah. that footage Or an entire episode. I would say, I mean, maybe an
2: entire part. We might get a a little glimpse of something in the beginning, and the majority of the part is focused on the butt grabbing. And, I mean, then there were so many other things. From there, we go on to Karen. And Andy called out Karen, too. Like, this is where I I don't necessarily understand why people were so upset. And I know it's more with the Monique and Candace piece, which we're going to get into. But, I I mean, I kind of felt like Andy was his usual shit disturbing Andy, which is what we love. You can't be the person that sits at a reunion and just asks, like, fluff, nice questions. A lot of shit happens during the seasons. A lot happens on and off camera. A lot happens from when the cameras wrap to the time of a reunion. So I think he did a really good job pressing. I like, though, that he called Karen out. Um, And you quoted it. I want I want you to talk about this, because I laughed as well, but you were the one who made a note about it.
1: I just... She is just cracks me up. I love that he called her out. And Karen's in her own little bubble sometimes of delusion I think which is also why I stand for Karen but i mean he called it a river of words that she, about where she was living that it's a river of words and I just love that phrasing and I'm gonna try to use that in my everyday um the um, everyday conversation where I'll probably butcher it but a river of words i I, I like that.
2: I think it's a great way of basically saying, like, you're rambling and not making sense. Um, So I I loved that phrase. I'd never heard of it. You know me, and I know all the phrases. Oh, yeah. You definitely know all the phrases. So a, a river of words. Learn something new every single day. Uh, and Karen, you know, this is what we love about Karen. You're right. She is delusional. She, even though she'll say something, she'll be like, well, I said that. But what I meant was... So she's still like, I feel like, you know, she's acting like her and Ray are fine. And that when she said those things, you know, it wasn't really what she meant and all this. So I don't know. I think it was good that Andy called her out and kind of said, like, you you aren't always the most tr- most truthful at these events. Um, and then from there, I feel like it was like all these things. It, then all of a sudden, this Gigi plot is brought up. Um, and I don't know. I, I kind of agreed with you. I know you made it like it seemed like a lot of nothing.
1: It did seem kind of like a lot of nothing. I also, you know, I have to look into it, but the internet works hard. Bravo fans work harder. And there is footage of Candace apparently, and I need to find it, and I'll make a mental note to share this to our stories. But there's allegedly, supposedly, some footage of Candace talking about said plot when she denied it. This is when... Candace, pre the fight, you know, if you, I don't know if you all remember, but these Potomac women were going live like all the time. And Candace was one of them. And this is when she insulted and said heinous things about the Black socialite, rest in peace. That same video, apparently, this plot came up.
2: And see, I want to go back and watch it. I know like numerous people saved it. I don't remember her bringing that up. like in the live, but I will say, I mean, these lives were like 55 minutes and I didn't watch all of them. So it very easily could have been discussed. Uh, the other thing, though, that I liked is you knew that they were going to talk about the fight. My favorite part, Andy goes, I just want to make a note that Bravo does not condone violence. I wish you would have said, it, but we're going to show all the footage and we're going to talk about this for the rest of the reunion because this was, you know, the big thing that happened. And this, so this is the part where people got mad and they felt like I saw people say they, They said he was gaslighting Monique, which I didn't see that happening, um, and that he was pressing too hard on Candace and that he didn't seem like he was remaining neutral. I don't I mean, I did see a little bit of like, I feel like he was trying to let Monique have yet another opportunity to redeem herself. But I didn't feel like he was really showing favoritism. You might have felt differently. What did you think?
1: I kind of see what people were saying where I don't feel as bad for Monique is really. Okay. When it comes down to the fight, Abby and I have a stance where we're truly like team. No one Monique should just admit her wrongdoing and shouldn't have, it shouldn't have gone as far as it did. Candace is in the wrong in the sense that she did provoke her. And she did say some things that she shouldn't have said, but at the end of the day, this shouldn't be the fight that divides the world that it seems to be dividing everyone on, whether you're Team Monique or Team Candace, which really Team No One. I don't think anyone's truly a winner here, but I think Monique would do herself a lot of um, – do herself a service and just kind of move on from it and just swallow whatever pride she has left and just say, listen, I'm sorry that I put my hands on you because that's ultimately what Candice is wanting. I can see where the internet – um, and everyone's perception of Andy and with the ga- gaslighting, I think in how the footage was edited, it made it seem like Monique was dreaming up these sequence of events, especially when the other woman were like, that didn't happen. When then the producer show us that it did happen, like she did look at it closely. I mean, if the woman has a binder, she probably looked at that footage a thousand times to make sure she didn't say anything out of um, turn. So I could kind of see... Where she – I think viewers were wanting a little bit more support from Andy in that sense of like, yes, that did happen. She didn't get any of that. So I kind of see that perspective because the things that she called out
2: about the fight were accurate based on the footage that they shared with us. Except the wine throwing.
1: Yeah, the wine throwing If you watch
2: the footage, it was actually Monique's own glass that hit her. I saw it in slow motion. Somebody posted it um, at the time. Because she kept talking about how like glass hit her mouth and all this stuff. And it was actually – it was not Candace's glass. So I do agree with Andy being like, that that never happened. She did not throw a wine glass at you. Um, And then Monique's like, I can show you my dental bill, which still doesn't prove that the wine glass was thrown by Candace. It just proves that you did get cut in your mouth, I guess.
1: Mm, Um, Not at all. And I do wish – so there was some unaired footage that wasn't shared and specifically the part that we didn't see as viewers – was during after the fight um so on the version that we saw on the aired that aired we saw you know the fight ended and then producer i think his name is james Mm -hmm. producer James, james yeah is trying to stop monique from going after candace and she ultimately as we all see goes after her or tries to go after her well in the unaired footage that was released they shared that candace it's not only saying calling her a hood rat, but also says you're good. You're fired. Start sharing that. And I wish they would just share that. If they're going to break the fourth wall, might as well just share that too. Because although I don't condone and don't agree with Monique's actions at all, that little sequence of events to me and why she decided to like take that bait makes me made a little bit more sense for me
2: yeah no, I agree. I mean, you continually provoked her. You say you were so traumatized and upset by this yet the second after you you know are assaulted as to use her words, you're you're still poking at the bear the The main reason why honestly, I feel like both of them should be fired. I don't think Bravo fires Candace only because it technically, when you look at all this and I'm not talking about like the legal matter and all that stuff, but technically. She was more of the victim and the fact like physically, not so much like maybe emotionally and with the words. So I do think that Monique needs to be fired. I honestly think Candace needs to be fired as well. The main reason why I think Monique needs to be fired is not necessarily the initial fight. It was the fact that when she was asked about it, like, well, why did you go back and chase her? And she said, and a quote, like this is verbatim what she said, if I'm fired, I'm going to finish her off. To me, that meant, like, I don't think she meant kill her, but I think she meant she wanted to really beat the shit out of her. And to still have that, like, to be able to still say that after watching all the fight happen and know that people are upset about you for getting physical and still to be able to say those words, I'm just like, you have no remorse. You probably would do this again if the opportunity presented itself I just don't – I don't think she deserves to be on the show. And to be completely honest, I don't think Candace does either. I think she continually provoked her. I think Candace – honestly, I can't handle the fake tears anymore. It's so staged and so just obnoxious. I think that this show would be better off without either one of them. Wow. Hot take.
1: You know, I agree with a lot of the points you're making. But as a viewer and as amazing as this season is, I welcome both of them back and would like to see how it continues to transpire in season, I think, six.
2: <laughs> yes. And I will say, I I honestly think both of them are probably coming back, possibly Monique being fired. The only reason I'm saying that is I feel like Bravo has given her so many opportunities. She's been on Watch What Happens Live a couple times, and they always ask, like, are you sorry? Do you have anything to say to the people that are upset about you? And she never really says she's sorry. At times, Andy was giving her an opportunity again at the reunion. Like, are you not remorseful? You're not show- You have a lack of emotion, what Andy was telling her about. Um, so I think Bravo wants Monique on. And they know that if they keep them both on, I mean, everyone's going to tune in. Uh, I think people would tune in regardless because there was so much to Potomac beyond just the fight. But I I wouldn't be shocked if they're both back. I just don't know if I want to continue to see this happen and go round and round.
1: But- I feel like they may take the route of what happened with Portia and Kenya when they have their altercation at the reunion where Portia was demoted to friend of. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised – If Monique becomes friend of, and we'll get glimpses of her, and because she has a friendship with Karen, that we'll see it in that regard,
2: and Ashley too. Yeah, she is friends with. um, So I think yeah, we would still see a lot of her. Um, All right. Well, before we dive into Atlanta, we are going to take a quick little break uh, and uh, give you a sponsor segment from Care of Vitamins. If you've been following us on Instagram, you know that both Vanessa and I are really focusing on our health this year, next year, and going forward, and that's why we're so excited to partner with Care of Vitamins. We are going to be taking the vitamins and talking about our experience as well. It started with a five-minute quiz that just asked you some questions about your diet, lifestyle, health concerns, but the quiz was like a one-on-one consultation that let me meet with a nutritionist without even leaving my house. I know I loved it. Vanessa, you loved it too. What were your thoughts on it?
1: I mean, it's super easy. As you guys know, I've had – just recently had a baby. They provide – you. we take our prenatal vitamins, but also, you know, I've been having some blood pressure issues, and there's vitamins that could help me with that. I get so overwhelmed by the number of choices of vitamins that it was really nice to have something personalized just for me.
2: So you guys know how much we love a deal. So go to TakeCareOf.com and enter codes REALMOMS50. Real Moms 50 will get you 50% off your first care of order at takecareof.com. And we're back and ready to cover Atlanta. And I don't think we can say it enough. Portia is truly amazing. And this episode, again, starts with her fight to make sure we don't forget about what happened to Brianna Taylor. And it continued throughout the episode. And we'll touch on some of the conversations that she had um, with. Her sister, and with Tanya and her new friend, but I just God, she really is. She's just so amazing.
1: She's so great, and I appreciate. And Candy mentioned this in an interview and Watch What Happens Live, and Andy poked at it. A lot of people viewers like to say, like, "Oh, she didn't know about the Underground Railroad." Listen, we're allowed to evolve and change and grow, and Portia's done just that. So, girl. I yeah, I applaud you. I think it's amazing that you're using your platform for the greater good. PJ's gotta be so proud of her mama. It's gotta be so scary to be in, you know, to um do the things that she's doing and to be arrested two different times. But let's continue to keep Brianna Taylor's name out there. You know, this time last year, she was just like everyone else getting ready for the holidays and was probably excited to spend time with Christmas with her family. And I can only imagine how difficult it would be for her family to not have her this Christmas. So as a side note, let's, you know, remember Brianna and let's continue to keep talking
2: about her name. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, and remember, there's so many other victims, which is a sad thing. I think we learn about people like I learned about Elijah in Colorado, and that happened um, almost two years ago, I believe, or a year and a half ago. Um, I think it was August of summer 2019. And so it's just, you know, there's a lot of people out there, who, and sadly, we probably won't know all the names and all the stories, but when they do come to light, I think it is important that we could keep talking about it. Um, and there's really no good way now to pivot into <laughs> portion and Dennis, so I'm just going to go right into it. On the way to their new friend's pool party, which is still really bizarre to me how this person became a friend. Um, It was more just like through DMing and was like, come over anytime, bring your friends. It's like, this girl wants to be on the show. And you could tell she was like positioning herself to be a friend of um, or possibly a main cast member one day by hosting this pool party. But on their way there, Portia is talking about her and Dennis that quarantine started off strong. She said they were doing it all the time, and then she used the word divorce. She was like, and basically then we divorced. Yeah. I think it's an accurate word for her, though, even though they were not married. No,
1: it seemed pretty accurate, and she said she didn't like the person that she was when she was with them. I want to know more. I wish the producers, or there was like more interviews, and hopefully we'll get to hear more, but I want to know more about the relationship. I mean, hell, they put us through hell and back. Last season, they had the spinoff with her, you know, her getting pregnant with PJ. I'm like, give us more. I need more details than this to just just to be discussed in a car ride. I want to know more of what happened and what truly led to the breakup other than being sick of each other in quarantine, because Lord knows that 2020 has tested all relationships, even the strongest of relationships.
2: No, I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, And I I appreciated her talking about it. And I think we'll, we will learn more about it. I do get the sense though that like they were both at peace with the fact that they were not going to be together as a couple, but they were always going to be together as co-parents. And it seems like they're somewhat friendly. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of ups and downs this season, but Portia did bring Dennis as a friend to Cynthia's wedding.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. And let me ask you this. And so do you feel like Portia is more at peace with whatever could happen with Dennis, because she did get to have her dream of becoming a mom, so kind of takes the pressure off of making the relationship part work, even though they didn't work?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think originally, she loved the idea of like, I don't want to say the fairy tale, but she loved the idea of being more of a traditional family with you know, having a loving husband and having a good marriage and then having, you know, a child together, I believe, I mean, I think she always wanted more than one kid as well. But I think once PJ came, she was so, you know, so in love with her, loved being a mom so much that maybe, I mean, the dentist stuff hurt because it was letting go of that dream of being a, you know, a traditional family in a sense. But I do think, yeah, she's more at peace with it because all she really cares about is her daughter right now, Um, which I think you, I think any mother, if someone's like, oh, you have to choose between, you know, your kid or a not so great marriage, like, yeah, I'm picking the kid every time. So, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I also think, too, she's just finding who she is as a person. She is really passionate about Black Lives Matters and, you know, being out there trying to have justice be served. I think it's also given her a sense of confidence that like she can be more than just a mom and more than just this housewife on TV. So she's kind of okay with not having Dennis in her life because she's realizing she can be enough on her own. A thousand
1: percent. And, you know, and I think too, the transformation that you go through a mother, I feel like a lot of it, you start to truly feel like yourself after the first year. And I feel like you get a little bit of moment of clarity. And I mean, hell, 2020 has given us all clarity with the amount of thinking and spending at home we've had. So I totally agree with all everything you just said.
2: So then we get to the party, uh, the pool party. And I forgot this person's name, the host. Um, shoot. I should I did heard. too.
1: But the only thing I remember from that party, which made me laugh and I rewound, was the lop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That made me laugh. Also, just like the dynamic of her and her husband, it felt very like older man marrying a beautiful younger woman. And she made a comment about doing a vow renewal and getting a ring upgrade. I'm like, well, let's see the original ring. I mean, does it need to be upgraded? But um, just the whole situation, I'm like, this feels very forced. Like Portia maybe said, "I'll try to get you on the show," and she's like, "Okay, come on over, use my pool, bring your friends." It was just a little a little bizarre for me, for my liking, but it was good TV. Um, as they were sitting there, they they were having lots of little chats about life. But Portia did um, mention that you know she was really heartbroken because when she came back from Kentucky after being arrested again, she turned on the news and found that you know there was yet another um, police violence, uh, another life was, taken. Yeah. Well, he survived. Oh, yes. He, but he's paralyzed, Um, but basically just another act of violence on on a member of the black community at the hands of a police officer. So uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good that she kind of talked about, like, it's just like this continual struggle and that all of them sort of talked about their experience with racism. You know, the host of the party said, you know, growing up in the South, that she almost became kind of like used to a lot of it. I don't know. I just, I really appreciated hearing all the stories For me being, you know, a white person that hasn't experienced it, the only way I can really learn and grow and understand the pain and make sure it doesn't continue is to know what it feels like when those things happen. I can imagine, but hearing somebody actually say it and put it in their own words, I think is really powerful. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I love that we're getting this from Atlanta and housewives too. Like it's a
2: relevant conversation
1: and important conversation and it feels organic. It doesn't feel forced. I mean, it's their truth and what they're like. Yes.
2: I think that's the difference uh, between this and OC. A lot of people feel like maybe with OC, for some of the cast members, it's performative. And for some, they think it's, you know, it is genuine and authentic. But at the end of the day, they're all w- white women talking about this. And you can absolutely be an ally and you can be, you know, white. I am. And I and try to be as involved in the movement as I can be not being a member of the black community. But it's not nearly as impactful when you hear it from the words of you know a black person. So I think that's where Atlanta really can help um, bring light to this in a way that feels very uh, authentic. But from there, we uh, get to go right into the world's weirdest marriage. I just cannot figure out Drew and Ralph, and I'm already over them. They're not I'm, entertaining. They're no, just
1: I'm already tired. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I don't even want to give them that much time to talk about it because it's just weird and I'm over it. And yeah.
2: Yeah, that's about that's about how we feel. And they're moving into this house, which I think there's a lot, a lot of red flags. So he claims that they still have to get an appraisal and get a lawyers involved. And then it's their house. So they haven't bought a house. They literally just made an offer and the offer was accepted. Because if you haven't had an appraisal yet, haven't had an inspection, you're really not even that that close to closing on it. So nope. to me, I just feel like they're living a lie. There's something off.
1: They're shams.
2: Yeah, I shams. agree.
1: You know what I like makes me laugh about Atlanta, and it's just so bizarre, but Atlanta and COVID and social distancing. So these women <laughs> are trying, all right? We're, I'll give them that. They're trying to a small extent. They're wearing masks, they're talking about social distancing, you know, we saw Marlo in that first episode, let me check your temperature, you know, stay away. But then it's like, okay, I'm wearing my face shield, which we, turns out, doesn't really protect you as much as an actual mask, but I'm wearing my face shield, there is a pandemic still happening, but I'm Cynthia Bailey, and I'm still going to tour a place and have a 250 people super spreader event And, you know,
0: I'm going to have a charcuterie
1: board while I'm there. You know, let's let's have a charcuterie board because that feels like very safe for a pandemic. I just don't get it. (laughs) Like Cynthia, like, and we know she has it, but like her stance on it and how, I get it. We've been brides. Like your brain goes to another level when you're a bride and you're wedding planning. And I do feel for anyone who was supposed to get married this year and had to postpone it. But do the right thing and postpone it, Cynthia. Like 10, 10, 20, I know you love that damn date that you have it on your earrings, but Lord,
2: her stubbornness in this, it's kind of hard to watch. Well this also isn't her first wedding. So no. I I do feel for her, but it's like it's not like she is this is her first time ever getting married and this is, you know, like her dreams being crushed. It's still, I mean, it's still sad at the end of the day. And I agree with you. I feel sorry. For anyone who had a milestone event in 2020, whether that is getting engaged, getting married, you know, buying your first home and not being able to have family come see it, having a baby, there's so many people that were robbed of celebrations of some of life's like greatest milestones. But I really agree with Mike it's like she is so fixated on having this big huge wedding that it's like she's gonna risk the marriage for it and he, he, she couldn't even say to him, no matter what I will marry you on 10 10 20 because she basically is now saying as much as she loves the date, that if she can't have this huge wedding, it was like she kept contradicting herself. She wanted the date, but if she can't have the big wedding, she doesn't want it. And I agree, like Mike and her sister were both like, Mike and you being married should be enough. If that's the date you love, get married on that date. They're like, do it at your house, have 10 people there, have 20 people there, make it safe. And I think the thing that we all know, like you said, we all know that ends up happening and we all know the weather ends up being bad and they get married indoors with 250 people. Like, I just can't even get over that.
1: I can't get over it either. And it just like again, it just like makes me laugh. Like you know, when he and she's like, "I'm being safe, pandemic, face shields," like just the whole dynamic with all the Atlanta women. And how they're annoying! Atlanta, it. Yeah, it's like there's an attempt. So you know, I don't want to be too harsh, but they're trying
2: harder than other franchises. They're trying harder
1: that. harder than other franchises, but then at the same time, it's like it goes out the window too. Oh Lord. I it's like you basically it's like the face palm. Like I'm just constantly face palming um while I'm watching.
2: Yeah. It um I completely agree. I mean, and I think was it Cynthia who said if I'm wearing a mask, it's okay to hug? I'm like, oh my god, that's yeah. not <laughs>
1: Yes. it's not how it works. Like, it's, just, it's just like, OK, what's the point? I mean, these- I
2: felt the same way when they were all sitting down. They're like, oh, we're going to keep our distance and be outside. And then they all basically were sitting on each other's laps and sweating their asses off. I'm like, go inside and be in the air conditioning. If you're not going to social distance and you're not going to wear a mask, being outdoors isn't going to help you. Just go inside. Yeah, But um, yeah, I think it's kind of amazing, though, that, and this is what every report is saying, so I'm going to have to believe it that no one got COVID as a result of Cynthia's wedding. I'm but still shocked by that.
1: I am still shocked by it. And honestly, I feel like someone did, and they made them sign NTAs. So I wouldn't be surprised. Out. Cause I just find that very hard to believe. But I mean, it, it, as of right now and as of today, word on the street is that no one got it.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, right. word on the street. <laughs> word on the street um but so anyway i mean all in all though I, some people are saying atlanta's a little bit boring this this season and that they like have been a little disappointed we were on um everything is terrible everyone is terrible podcast doing a special christmas episode and Leanne kind of said that he feels like he's not that into uh, into atlanta i am still loving it and enjoying it i might be in the minority which i feel like oftentimes i am with Seven <laughs> housewife stuff but i truly am enjoying this and I'm lo- I am thought it was another strong episode.
1: I enjoyed it. This one was getting a little weaker to me. I just don't have as much of an interest in Drew. I want to see more. Yeah. I mean, and Cynthia, I do kind of, you know, Cynthia, other than her wedding, I'm kind of like, okay, what's the point? I want to see more Candy, more Portia, even Tanya. I do like Tanya. So, and Marlo. And more gonna Marlo. I was going to say Marlo. Marlo. More Marlo. I would welcome more Marlo. And I don't know. I just feel like, and again, I know we're in a pandemic. Given how they're acting in a pandemic, I don't know why we haven't seen more of them together. We've seen lots of like side stories, but not all of them together.
2: I would agree with that. I think what we're missing is Marlo more than anything. She was like in the beginning and she, everybody was memeing her, you know, with her checking the temperature, measuring out the six, you know, six feet apart. I think we do. We need more Marlo. I mean, she was a, a little blip in this episode uh, with Candy's daughter. I still will say, and I, this will be the hill I will die on. Marla deserves a peach. I, I just don't understand how she doesn't have a peach. Thousand percent,
1: a thousand percent.
2: But that is uh, this week's episode, and uh, it's time for our shout out. And okay, so I haven't run this by Vanessa, so it's gonna be a little bit. Uh, this is a, like a very classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vanessa, we we're do We do this on the whim. <laughs> no, I just up here. I think with the holidays coming up, there are a lot of schools, uh, preschools, early child centers that are you know closing for a few days or for the week in between Christmas and New Year's. And I hope that every single teacher out there enjoys this break. I know it has been an extremely challenging year. I could not imagine trying to teach kindergarten <laughs> via Zoom or having a hybrid schedule and even to the daycare workers who are wearing a mask 10 hours a day. I think one thing people don't realize, too, is like with daycare, it's usually a lot of working parents. So they're dropping them off at 730. They're picking them up at 530. I mean, these people are amazing. These teachers are there wearing a mask for 10 hours, trying to make it as fun and exciting for kids as possible. And I just hopefully anyone out there listening that is an education, whether that's early childhood you know, middle school, high school, college, beyond whatever you are, um, you know, that we appreciate all that you're doing and then you deserve a break. And I hope that you guys get to enjoy it. Binge the Bravo, eat some cookies and just enjoy not having to uh, wear a mask all day, every day.
1: A thousand percent. And I want to give an extra shout out to you, you listening, you did it. You survived 2020. We're so close to the end. And I feel like this is a year where we all need to just kind of look at each other and take a deep breath and just say, we did it. We just have survived it. That's all you had to accomplish this year is we just made it through the year. It's been a tough year and we just – we did it. We survived it.
2: I just want to say amen on that. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. You guys know the spiel. I actually feel like we don't need to keep saying it because we've been getting so many great reviews. So thank you to everyone who's going out there and giving us five stars. We're so close. We're so close. We will be at five stars by the end of this year. I feel like by New Year's Eve in what, you know, uh, nine days we'll be there. Um, But thank you guys so much. We've been getting a little bit of a follower boost. And so we really appreciate to those of you out there listening that are, now following us on Instagram or sharing some of our posts with your friends who are now following us, it it really does mean the world to us. And uh, it's only going to let us do bigger and better things. And that, with that being said, we're getting ready to go record the Erica Jane saga, Legal Issues, Tom Girardi. It's going to be really good, guys. So go jump on our Patreon. Um, you can join for 3 or $5 a month. And you get a lot of unfiltered hot takes, including this one that we're going to be working on next. So go join us on Patreon, and we'll talk to you soon.